0: Welcome to Pixel Tunes Radio, podcast where we have fun talking about video games and video game music. I'm Mike. And I'm Ed. And this is episode 101, Free Picks Super Turbo Edition.
1: We are in the second century of Pixel Tunes Radio <laughs> right now. This is
0: 20XX. <laughs> so we wanted to take a brief break after all the craziness from the past few episodes. We had a lot of really... Big stuff happened. We spoiled Epis- you guys. Yeah, I know. Episode ninety nine. We did two a two part back to back episode. Uh, the first part we had a ton of VGM podcast guests and you know friends of ours on the episode where we did spooky tunes, and then we did a second part spooky tunes, which was episode ninety nine part two, and then we did episode one hundred, which is filled with VGM composers wishing us congratulations on a hundred episodes, as well as like some of our past guests and fellow podcasters. So. We really overloaded and we needed to like downsize. Yeah. So, Back to boring old free things. So so we had to let Ed go. Unfortunately, we replaced him with Robot Ed. That's fine. We hope you guys don't mind. You just have to oil me every so often. I'll oil Lube me up. Lube you up. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> So let's start off with some Pixel Chat questions. As usual. All right, so what's our first one? First one is from
1: Chris Murray. No, it's not from
0: Chris Murray. This is unbelievable.
1: This is true. Chris Murray, where have you been? (laughs) Anyhow, this one's from Joe Dunbar, and he asks, What is your favorite Mega Man music that's not from Mega Man 2? Mega Man 3.
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't know. There's so many. I'm really, really, like, diving in lately to Mega Man 10's soundtrack. You know, initially when I played the game, I thought the music was definitely not top tier Mega Man music. But I've been going back, and I've really been enjoying some of the tracks. Uh, Solar Man, in particular, his uh, level theme is amazing. So, yeah, Solar Man, cool, good stuff. You know, I'm not really, I'm not really that big of a fan of Mega Man. The series. Whoa, whoa, so wait, wait. You don't like Mega Man? I think we've gone is, over this millions of times. This is brand new news yeah, to me. See, so totally new. That's not from
1: Mega Man Two. Pretty much just excludes any experience I have with most of the music. I mean, I remember when we did our split Mega Man Two, Mega Man Three episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. Th- I think I really remember liking Top Man's music. Yes, yeah, that was you really did. good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just I'll just go with that as kind of like my default because I don't okay. really I can't think of any Mega Man tunes off the top mm-hmm. of my
0: head. I also want to add Mega Man Unlimited has some amazing. Tracks. Oh, so you did go and play
1: that? Yeah, I, I did,
0: tough. and it is fantastic. And uh, you know, I'm not saying there's going to be a review of the game, but he's saying I'm there's... saying there's going to be a review <laughs> of the game. Anyways, uh, moving on, Alex Messenger asks, Do you guys like any modern day, I'm thinking, someone who came into the video game industry in the last 15 years, composers? If you do, who? Yeah, uh, Jake Kaufman?
1: <laughs> Technically, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, his first of... game was in 2000, so that's 17 That's years. stretching
0: it, right. And then I was going to say Mick Gordon. Yeah, that's
1: he's the first name that popped into head for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mick yeah, Gordon. Mick um, Gordon.
1: Sasha Dakisian for me did like the Quake Three soundtrack, yeah. the Mass Effect soundtrack, a bunch yeah. of that stuff. Um, you know, there's been a ton of people out there. It's actually one that we'll be getting into later on in the show that I don't want to spoil what's coming up in the show for those who don't like to be
0: Spoilers. spoiled.
1: Spoilers. So we'll talk about him in a little bit. He's a he's a new favorite modern composer. Uh, who else? It's tough because a lot of the composers that I like nowadays are still have been
0: composing for a long time. I see. I don't really have a lot of composers that I follow that that do multiple game soundtracks of like like you know the Jake Kaufman's, the McGordon's yeah, yeah. that that, you know, are creating music nowadays that seems retro. And if I do, they're always like one off dudes yeah like i, I well, did... like matt creamer obviously would be a modern composer yeah. in the retro style that we're both big fans of yeah yeah i would say probably like I, it's always gonna be indie guys you yeah. know what i mean for the most part well yeah but yeah because the AAA stuff is
1: is mostly orchestral you know, there's right, some stuff right. out there that yeah is good but uh simon vickland also comes to mind he's a dude that did um bionic commando rearmed but yeah. then he also did the payday soundtracks, which i i don't play those games personally but uh Eddie does my oldest son, and uh, they sound very much like that very like big beat techno style that that Bionic Commando rearmed is in. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really dig those soundtracks. They don't really lend themselves too much to the show like p- Pixel Tunes because it's very droney, but I really enjoy that stuff. Yeah. Final question,
0: final answer. Well, that was your cue to read the question.
1: As we approach Thanksgiving, any games in particular you find are regulars when family gathers? Big Buck Hunter on the Wii is a staple for us. And that was asked by Scott Michelone? Mikkelone? Michelone? 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 McKellen. 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 Maybe. Maybe? I don't Scott, know. you gotta let us know. Yeah. Do the <laughs> Sorry, Scott. There's a little phonetic Scott. pronunciation in the <laughs> comments, please. Ah, uh, Thanksgiving. Huh family gathering games. Uh, With video games? Yeah, I don't Uh, really do that either. No. I mean, usually my brother and my my sister-in-law like watch football and um, we just kind of gather around and talk and stuff. I usually watch football. Yeah. I'll be honest. I usually watch football. Yeah, it's funny because my brother and I are both big gamers, like individually, but we don't really play games
0: together. Mm, Not anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, anytime my brother comes over to play video games, it's always the same stuff. It's always like Mario Kart or Mario Party or something of the sort. So we really don't play that many video games together. That's just more along the lines of the stuff that we grew up with. Yeah, my
1: my parents were both only children as well, so Mm. I don't have any aunts or uncles. Oh, I have no cousins. Yeah. So when we get together, it's like my wife and I, my brother, Mm. maybe my sister if she comes down from Vermont, but there isn't like that many people to like play with. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I'm kind of in the same boat. My family's relatively small. Um, most of my mom's side of the family is, is ostracized. They live in, like, you know, different parts of the country. Norwegia. Yeah, Norwegia. <laughs> Waluigia. <laughs> and my dad is an only child as well. So uh, I have a lot of family members that aren't family members. And this like, is why
1: both of us love single player games right. and don't care about online Ex- gaming. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I just,
0: I, I mean, my brother is a, he's seven years younger than I am. Yeah. So I didn't have anybody growing up to play video games with. So, yeah, that's why I like single-player games. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, speaking of single-player games, why don't we get into our first track?
0: Yeah, and also speaking of modern-day composers or modern-day games uh, that are maybe a little bit retro, this is Battle Kid Fortress of Peril on the NES. This is a homebrew game. came out in 2010, and this track is Area 1, and it's by Civic. Welcome back. That was Battle Kid, Fortress of Peril, the 2010 NES homebrew release. This track is Area 1, and it's by either Sivak, Sivak. We really couldn't figure it out. S-I-V-A-K. I've always pronounced it Sivak. Right. I always called it so. Like the car. Yeah, like the car. (laughs) So, have you played this one? I love this game. Okay. Uh, Actually, this was for a while, uh, me
1: and Todd and uh, our buddy Joe, who's asked a couple of Pixel Chat yeah. related questions, yep. uh, used to all get together at either my place or Joe's place and cl- kind of like collectively try to get through this game that's together. So weird to me. And we got pretty far. Huh. Well, you know because it's one of those games where it's incre- It's like Mega Man style, but super uh, duper
0: difficult. Uh, that's like, what I was going to say. Meat Boy style, uh, right? Like, right. You cross Mega Man and Meat Boy, you yeah. pretty much have this game. And I know you're not that crazy about Mega Man, so that that kind of and floors me. Normally I wouldn't then. play this by myself yeah, yeah, but yeah. because it you was it was people. a social
1: thing, it right. was a lot easier for me to play. It didn't bore me as much and we each got to kind of like get better and see the other person play. Yeah, we didn't really yeah. care about dying because we were just drinking and having chips and Goofing stuff. Around, so it was right. a little, yeah, like a
0: more of a social thing than trying yeah. to get through this awesome game with this awesome soundtrack. Oh yeah, no, the soundtrack is great. It's about this character named Timmy. Timmy. And uh Timmy. Tim- Tim- I always think of um... You remember that show
1: with dinosaurs? Okay. It was like a sitcom and everybody was like... Dinosaurs.
0: Dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And they had that like Mr. Wizard style yeah. like, and his partner was named Timmy mm-hmm. and Timmy would always blow up. Yep. And so every time he blew up He'd go, we're going to need another Timmy. Right, so I right. always think whenever I hear Timmy, okay. we're going to need another that's what Timmy. You hear. So All that's right. what I would yell every time Timmy died in this game. <laughs> we're going to need, need another, dies another Timmy. A lot. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, it's it's essentially, uh, he gets this battle suit, this prototype battle suit, and these gloves. You know, I guess he could shoot like lasers from his fingers or Laser something. Laser beams. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's that's pretty much, there, there is a story in the game. Yeah. The, the really cool thing it's, about this game is that it it was the first really really big, like homebrew game that was put on a cart. Back in the day. I right, mean, like, yeah, for
1: 2010. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was pretty early. Like nowadays, you hear about a lot of homebrew stuff, a lot of stuff that's getting made for the NES, a lot of. But there's uh, a lot more dev tools out there to make it easier for people to do that. Definitely. But this game was created by Civac C- Games or cyvac C- Civic, yeah, one whatever dude, you want to call it. One dude him. who did the game and he the soundtrack. He did game, the soundtrack, uh, almost everything. Um, so he partnered with a. A publishing company called RetroZone, who you may or may not have purchased stuff from. You can still pick it up today, I believe. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's on the website, on RetroZone's website. That's how I got yeah, my copy. Along with the sequel. Yep, there's a sequel for the game as well. It's called like Battle Kid Two Mountain of Torment. So if you like Mega Man, I think you'll really dig this game. It's very difficult. It's but you a have unlimited of... lives too. Yeah, yeah, you have unlimited lives, so, so like you don't have to board, worry it's like Meat Boy, it's one of those time. games where you just try to you have to find the right path to yeah. get
1: through each level. Yep. Yep. Uh soundtrack wise it's very reminiscent of Mega Man, yeah. but I have this, uh, the NSF for this game, the the Nintendo soundtrack file, along with all my other game files, so I kinda listen to them all at random once in a while. Sure. Whenever one song from this game comes on, like, mixed in with everything else, it kinda stands out because the melodies sound to me, like, much more modern Mm -hmm. than a lot of the more classic NES soundtracks do, even ones I'm not familiar with. Mm -hmm. For some reason, like, a lot of the melodies he uses, like, just sound, like they're not, they weren't, they sound classic, but they don't sound like they were composed in like the 80s or 90s. Yeah. So while it sounds like Mega Man, I I, I love the fact that he took a little bit of a more modern aesthetic with the music. Um, just little like, incidents here and there that kind mm. of remind me more of modern stuff than the classic stuff.
0: I would say not modern for the word. I, the, the word that I would use is hollow. To be honest, I like the music from I mean I picked this track, so obviously I like like the track. Yeah. Uh but I always felt like it was missing something. Like when you listen to Mega yeah. Man music, the Capcom composers were just so like fond and, and of that of that NES hardware, and they knew how to rip it apart and provide like the absolute best possible sound that the NES could create. And here What it sounds like is somebody forgot one of the melodies it, that kind of, like, sp- is sprinkled in through the background yeah, of, I think, of Mega Yeah, I think Man's he song. used
1: one very sparingly, and that was the same channel that he used for sound effects. Yeah. So the, you didn't constantly keep getting, like, a, an instrument cut out right. in order to play a sound effect. Yeah. So he's probably conscious of that fact.
0: So, yeah, I, I kind of feel like this track, even though I like it a lot and I love the melodies and everything, I kind of feel like the instrumentation is a little flat, it's a little hollow. But uh, overall, it's a great track, and I love the drums too, that when the, the drums kind of kick in, they have that totally like Mega Man sound, but then when when the toms come in, like the doo-doo, yeah. you, you just, you get those Mega Man flashbacks, Mega Man puts a, it puts a smile on your face, so <laughs> it's good stuff. I, I really like this track. So. Yeah. Seaback, uh, he's a programmer, and he was the creator for the game, of course, for both games. He even named the development company after himself. Um, so you're probably wondering where that name came from. He said it himself on his uh, website. He said, Back in junior high school, I was really into the Dungeons & Dragons gold box PC games. And then the Dragonlands series, there are enemies called Draconians, of which there are five types. Civic, Draconians were the ones I liked the best. So I've been using that as my nickname ever since I got on the internet. Uh, he said that he used Famitracker to compose the music for this game. Makes so, sense. Yeah, but this game doesn't have any kind of digital release. This is kind of like pre-Steam. Yeah. In a lot of ways, so like he never went and made the game for anything else other than the NES. So the only way that, it's kind of cool, like the only way you could buy play this game aside from just downloading the ROM is by buying the cart, which right. is like mind blowing to think about. Yeah. You know, nowadays, like in the in the world of digital, you know, instantaneousness, you can only get this game through either. You know ROMs or that. Yeah, so, you got to go old school. And I think yeah. for the
1: sequel, he released a a demo version in digital format. Yeah, um, just like the NES ROM, mm-hmm. and then you get to buy. If you wanted to play the full version, you had to buy the actual cartridge. Right. So. Right. Right. Right.
0: Pretty cool. Yeah, neat game. Fun times. What do you got for us?
1: Next up, uh, it's a game I don't know too much about, but I really like the soundtrack for. Uh, it's a Japanese game called Ganso Kukoku Girl Six Nin Adventure Mahjong. Dial Q Wo Mawase. What? Uh, yeah, this <laughs> is Match Tune by Mr. or Mrs. Unknown Composer. Welcome back. That was dial Q Wo mawase otherwise titled as Kyokoku Mahjong or Mahjong Lady. That was a kind of homebrew pirate. Actually, we both we both let off this show with, like, homebrew games, which yeah. is kind of cool. Although that came out on the Genesis in 19-XDX. <laughs> uh, somewhere around
0: 1991,
1: 1992, we think. We don't know the publisher or the developer, because none of that is credited on the game. We do know, uh, through looking through the ROM, that the music is original, but it stole the driver that Noriyuki Iwadare made for Uh. Cube, for the the titles that he worked on, which is why it sounds so cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really love the groove in this song. There's a nice bass line, those drums are nice and thick. Yep. Um, And then it feels a little bit like... Kind of like Sonic's Casino Zone or something, a little bit. And I then was it gets gonna a little say heroic towards the end.
0: Yeah, it does have like remnants of Sonic a little bit, especially like when all the instruments are kind of like all together. Yeah, it, it flows like a Sonic song. Exactly, it, do, it does. Yeah, I love the. The PCM sample with the hey, yeah, the, combined with the claps, like, yeah, that sounds yeah, sounds really, really cool. I, I love that. That that just you know, it's funny. Like I'm listening to the track and I'm like, all right, this is okay. And then when as soon as the hay's come in, I I had this like appreciation for the track that I didn't have before, <laughs> and it made me love the beginning of the track even more. So it's like when it looped after the second hey. I, like, fell in love with the track. So it like, on yeah, it totally, like, it went from, like, being a mediocre track to being like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> it Takes very little to impress you, I, I, I Hey, all you gotta do is is hey <laughs> at me. All you gotta do is catcall me, Sweet. apparently. I'm
1: just gonna slip digital haze in every single track there that I go. play from there now you go. on.
0: <laughs> Here's a track from Capcom vs. SNK. Uh this is terrible, Ed. Hi. Oh, yeah? Well, uh, listen to the track a little closer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Way down, like, I just put a hey.
0: In there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm You're just like, like, "Oh my wow, god, this is really good!"
1: So, uh, wow. so yeah, this uh, game was pirated or hacked out of a, a ROM or a game called Mahjong Cop Ryu, but they added like porn stuff into it and Sweet. changed the, the soundtrack and everything. <laughs> it's called Dial Q Omoase because you you have a phone. You start off with a phone in mm-hmm. front of you. And you can move your finger around and dial the numbers. And you get different numbers from different girls or different services. And so you can kind of select which level you want to play by dialing their number. Right. And I guess then they come over and play Mahjong with you. And it's kind of like your typical... Um, adult mahjong game where it's like strip mahjong. So if was, you beat them, they take off an article of clothing, etc., etc. It
0: was basically Netflix and chill before Netflix and chill was a thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Gen- or Mega Drive and chill. Mega <laughs> Drive and chill. <laughs> <laughs> mahjong and chill. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, did this, like, you're saying it's homebrew or it got like an official release? It or? got a physical release. Okay. It
1: was just one of those games that was not licensed Right. Um, it was just a hacked, a hacked game that came out. There are physical scans. If you go over to like SegaRetro.com, mm. you can you can see the cover art and the actual cartridge art.
0: It's got you know like very crudely drawn women, kind of like, like rusty, where like, like they're missing chins and missing. Like, yeah, I
1: mean it's just very like you can tell it was like color scanned over and over again, right. so it got really blurry. Yeah. So and the
0: art, the art's pretty good. I mean the
1: game looks. If you didn't know that it was uh, a hacked ROM, you would think that it it's might have been something official. professional until okay. until the adult stuff started coming out, and then mm. you're like, "Well, probably not."
0: Ugh, what are all these white stains all over the game? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but there's a good five or six tracks on the on the soundtrack, and I had a hard time picking which one I wanted to share sure, because sure. they're all pretty good. Yeah. Um, and this this isn't available like on the normal like Genesis VGM websites, mm. uh, so I kind of found it in like a darkish corner somewhere somewhere dark and hidden so so not many people have heard this one before so that's why i kind of wanted to share it that's cool Yeah, yeah i dig it i dig it
0: so let's move from something that's extremely obscure to something that's a little more common yeah and something sonic related uh this is sonic boom fire and ice this is the 3ds game came out in 2016 it's based on the cartoon and this is scallywag reef and it's by richard jakes Welcome back! That was Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice for the 3DS, the 2016 release, and the track was called Scallywag Reef, and that was by Richard Jakes.
1: So a couple things about this track, first of all. Uh, I do apologize for the quality, this is this is a direct rip from the game. Mm-hmm. It's like 24 kilohertz mono, Woof. and there's no other version of this soundtrack available anywhere else. Wow, so really? I feel bad because it's a fantastic song, written yeah. by a fantastic composer, and mm. they completely, like, they must have, like, really ran out of space, because they had to squish this music down yeah. really, really hard. Um, two, the file name on the cartridge itself is actually called Cutthroat Cove, so I mm. don't know if that was called something else in a different region so if you're not if you're from Europe or something and you've played this game and you're not familiar with Scallywag Reef you might know it by Cutthroat Cove Hmm. so okay those are the two things yes yeah so why did you pick this track
0: um you know I just kind of found it by accident but have you seen this cartoon that's a dumb question you haven't seen this cartoon (laughs) so Sonic Boom is a cartoon it's got like a reimagining of the Sonic lore I guess you could say yeah yeah and uh, I know I know a little bit about it it's actually a really funny cartoon. There's a lot of like, like, fourth wall breaking. It's one of those that the kids will enjoy but the people who grew up with Sonic will also Right, right. There's a lot of poking fun at Sonic fans in particular, which is really (laughs) great for me because like, I like Sonic but I don't love Sonic. Right, right. So it's like, anytime I get the chance to make fun of Sonic fans, which, you know, my I have two really close friends that are Sonic fans, like hardcore. Yeah. So it's always really fun to be like, hey, did you see that scene? That was pretty funny. And they get a big chuckle out of it, too, because they're fans. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely recommend checking out the cartoon if you're kind of on the fence. But we're not here to talk about the cartoon. The game is a sequel to Shattered Crystal, which is another Sonic Boom game. Came out, got really bad reviews, which, to be honest, I played both games. Boom, Fire, and Ice is definitely a much, much better game. Then shattered crystal, um, shattered Crystal's more like exploratory, whereas Fire and Ice is more like a, a sonic game. The levels are shorter. You can kind of get through the levels much faster. 2 like action platformer. Yeah, with a little bit of explorative like elements. Okay. But Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal is like straight up like you know hunting and searching for way more stuff. Kind of like a Little bit of Metroid kind of thrown in there, a little okay. bit, not like still 2D though, yeah. Still 2D, both are, are 2D, right? Gotcha, yeah. Fire and Ice uh, is really cool, and the music is great. I mean, this definitely feels to me at least like a Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest, yeah. Uh, just really has that like pirate vibe mm-hmm. to
1: it, yeah. Very mid 2000s, like action movie cinematic. Yeah. Quality, like Pirates to
0: uh, the Caribbean. Yeah, or my, yeah.
1: my brother um, like used to love the soundtrack to that movie The Rock was all about like Alcatraz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that soundtrack was really good and it had Yeah <laughs> And it had music very similar to this that driving beat with the orchestral violins over it Yeah, um, you know very kind of get up and go kind of song. So yeah. this, this really reminded me of that
0: my favorite part of the rock is when Sean Connery goes You're the man now dog. <laughs> Didn't they make a website based on that? <laughs> yes, but that's, that wasn't in that movie. <laughs> that was Sean Connery, but a different movie. But it's just funny to think about like actors doing lines like in movies that they didn't do them in, like, like, like speaking lines, right? Yeah. Not actually yeah. doing lines. Oh yeah. Oh, no, not no, no, definitely <laughs> not. No. Sonic Boom. I don't know. It's it's a fun cartoon, and the game is pretty fun. So if you're looking for like a you know cheapish kind of game to hunt down i mean i'm sure it's like probably about 20 bucks it's it's worth a 20 dollar bill i would say cool it's worth checking out but richard jakes you may have known him from the shinobi extract that we played the pal version sonic 3d blast sega rally 2006 he's done a ton of stuff with sega so he's kind of like their fallback guy if they need a soundtrack he's the man they go to so you know he's he's done a lot of really great stuff he's been inspired by yuzo koshiro um Sonic Team yeah, yeah. people. I mean, he's just if they need him in a in a bind to create some fantastic music, they they usually grab him. Yeah. He did that amazing soundtrack
1: for Metropolis Street Racer too, where mm-hmm. or Metropolis Street Racer also where uh, every like level had a different radio station with completely different genre of music: mm. vocal, yep. hip hop, techno, whatever. Mm. And uh, yeah, he just knocked every single genre out of the park. He's That's extremely cool. versatile.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, he's 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 a really solid composer for sure. Alright, so moving from a new game to a newer game What do
1: we got next? Right, uh, Sonic Boom is 2016, this is 2017 This game has been generating a whole lot of buzz on the internet yes, It was it has. kind of a sleeper title that came out of nowhere and it's fantastic i um, halfway through it and loving it It's called A Hat in Time uh, The soundtrack was composed by Pascal Michael Steifel And this is Mafia Town Scooter Version Take a listen Thank you. Welcome back. That was Scootin' Around Mafia Town from the game A Hat in Time. Whee! Came out on PC in 2017, just a few months ago, composed by Pascal Michael Stiefel. Uh It was so, so hard to choose a track from this game to play. It's all so good. There's And there's so much music, too. There's like... Yeah. Uh, sixty or seventy different, tr- like full length tracks Grand in Kirk the soundtrack.
0: Graham Kirkhope did some tracks too. I supposedly
1: saw I saw both him and Graham Norgate associated okay. with the soundtrack. I think because the uh, this was originally funded by Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. They did like a thousand percent of their goal. Oh wow! So I think that they were brought on as like you know stretch goals. Guest composers. Yeah, right. I don't know which tracks they composed mm. or or if they did anything at all
0: <laughs> well if it's Grant Kirkhope uh, it it it's probably going to have like a <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: but he also did um, Goldeneye, so <laughs> and it's going
0: to have like, little
1: like... <gasps> listen yeah,
0: i'm not exactly. knocking it i love i love the music in in banjo kazooie it's, it's so <laughs> fun to listen to and this this track, as well, was equally as fun to listen to. Yeah, it's so bouncy, it's catchy, it's good stuff.
1: Right. So, so every world that you visit, so it's kind of like, um, like Mario Galaxy. Like people compare this game a lot to like Mario sixty four, right. Mario Galaxy, yeah. that style of platformer. You go to these different worlds, and each world has so many different levels on it, and the levels aren't like they're. All brand new levels, so you'll you'll visit one map, mm-hmm. but depending on which level you go into, that map will change significantly. Different boss in a different location, mm-hmm. or a different set of uh, things happening where you have to use the same map in different ways. And you also you're called um, you're called Little Girl, but you have all these hats that you can wear. That's why it's right. called a Hat in Time. Yeah. Different hats give you different abilities. Eventually, you have a, a hat that can make you run really fast. And if you level that hat up, you basically get a scooter. Very similar um, to um, Mario Odyssey. Yeah. In yeah, a way. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of power up a cap. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You don't really possess other things with it, mm. but it's it's in that style sure. of, uh, of, of power up. And so when you get the scooter, the music changes in the level. So this is the music that plays while you're kind of scooting around on your little sure. scooter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more of an energetic version of the theme that plays in the first world, which is called Mafia Town. Hmm. Um, and Mafia Town is just kind of like this European location. Um, all the characters look the same. They're all wearing like blue suits with red ties, bald heads. They all speak like this. They're Mafia. <laughs> mafia does not take any guff from little <laughs> girls.
0: Getting a, uh, a, a Gravity Rush vibe. Yeah. to so the Eastern, like you're saying. Oh, yeah, like, for the music. The, oh, well, the, the music, level. but also like the level design, yeah, the layout. Yeah. Like it's all like like Eastern, European, like yeah. French kind For the first of, level, yeah. yeah. And then it completely gets it turned upside down okay. for the next levels. Your hub
1: world is this spaceship that the little girl was flying on. She was like five light years from home. And um, because you're flying by Mafia Town, they want to like basically, like they get a cut of everything that goes by their planet. Sure. So they come up and they try to get in and they open up the door and all the... All the fuel from the chip gets sucked out and mm. the fuel is all these little hourglasses. Right. And the hourglasses act like Mario 64 stars. Right. So you've got to go around the level and collect, collect all these hourglasses. But the hourglasses sure. also have time rewinding capabilities and time rift capability you can go into the past in different levels. and stuff. Of Tons and tons of different ways to do variations on a theme from the level that you're playing. Hmm. All the music is just, it fits so, so well. There's techno, there's orchestral. There's uh, stuff like this where it's just like kind of like Eastern European or video yeah. game style music. There's mm. retro stuff. If you haven't played the game and you have the means to, absolutely go check it out. You will have a blast.
0: I've only seen like like the pictures from some of the art, mm-hmm. uh, the promotional material. And I know that the, the little girl with the hat is, you know, I, I've seen that. But then yeah. I see another... I think girl, she has a yes. mustache. Mustache girl. Name Must- is mustache girl. Her name's Mustache. Her name's Mustache girl. And okay. she starts
1: off as friends with the uh, with Hat girl, but then later on, not too far in, yeah, um, kind of becomes her her arch nemesis. Okay. They both want different things. Mm. Um, I don't know whether they she, team up again at the end. She or- probably wants
0: a razor. Yeah. Right.
1: Now, well, she discovers that these these hourglasses have the power to like rewind time and stuff, mm-hmm. and she wants to take advantage of that. Okay. But Hat Girl can't talk, so she can't she can't express that she needs these hourglasses to get home. It's fuel for her ship. She's
0: like mute, like laying so. Yeah.
1: So they kind of have this misunderstanding about these hourglasses, and that's why they kind of grow apart. Mm. But yeah, Mustache Girl looks like basically a little Red Riding Hood, but she's got a blonde mustache. <laughs> it's really do cute. they ever really explain funny. the mustache? I don't think so. I mean, no. I'm, I'm only up to level two, like mm-hmm. almost at the end of level two, yeah. so I haven't really gotten that, that far, and I don't want any spoilers on YouTube or anything, sure. so. But a little bit about the composer, Pascal Michael Steifel, he is from Switzerland, and he's got 17 years' experience, according to his website, producing electronic dance music as well as 12 years' experience writing classical music and computer orchestration. So that's why I kind of picked this track. It's got a good kind of uh, electronic kind of bassy tone at the beginning, but then all that orchestral stuff comes in, and yeah. then you get those synthy tones. He blends things very, very well. Yeah. He's had a YouTube channel for a long time under the name Plasma3Music, and there he posts remixes of covers of tons and tons of video game OSTs like uh, Outrun, Overwatch, Ducktales, Silent Hill. Like it doesn't he doesn't nice. stick to one genre or one era. He'll pick songs that he likes from all styles of EGM. So, like covers or remixes? They're a little bit of everything. So okay. he'll do like an orchestral cover of a song, but then he'll do a full-blown like remix of a song. Hmm. They're all like top-notch quality. Like, I- I've never heard of them before until this game came out, Yeah, but these remixes are like stuff that I would have downloaded immediately had I been introduced to them. Sure. So you definitely go check out Plasma 3 Music. That's cool. He's only got one other video game to his name that I can find. It's called uh, I O Goes Home. Which is a game that came out on iOS, and I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm probably gonna throw it on my iPad pretty soon just to see what it's like. Spoilers: He goes home. I'm hoping. <laughs> Otherwise, to call that
0: if he doesn't go home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, this game looks really cool. I'm, I might have to check it out. I know it came out on PS4 and Xbox One. And... Oh, did it come out on PS4? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. It did it did. So, yeah, I've got the e- Steam version. Yeah, I'll have to. I don't know. I, I'm so far backlogged right now. Yeah, I, I
1: really, I really think you will. Absolutely enjoy this. Oh, game. totally it's funny. It plays so well. There's even um, speedrunner timers. Like they cater to the speedrunning oh, audience. Oh, snap! Which you can turn on and off if you don't want to do that stuff. But that snap. just shows you how tight the controls are. Like they're building it for speedrunners. Yep. It's not one of those games where it's like, oh, I the controls suck, so I died. Like right. if you made a mistake. It's it's because it's your fault. Because so, it's your fault. Yeah. Right, right, right. So let's move on to our next
0: track. Yeah. Speaking of my backlog, our next game is Ease Eight. Lacrimosa of Dana on the PlayStation 4, PC, and Sony PlayStation Vita. 2017 was the year of release in the United States. Deadly Temptation is the name of our track, and this is by Hayato Sonoda and Takahiro Unisuga. Let's give it a listen. 8 Lacrimosa of Dana was the game you just heard this track from the track Deadly Temptation, and the game was released on the PlayStation 4 PC and Vita in 2017 in the United States and North America. Hayato Sonoda and Takahiro Unisuga were the composers, and man, I have been dying to play something from Ease 8. I guess since I bought the game. And also since uh, we did our Ease episode, yeah. our spotlight where we did the first four Ease games. And I thought to myself, oh my god, when are we going to do, like, I, I was so impatient. I was like, I don't want to wait. Like, I want to play music from this <laughs> game because it's so good and I have so much to talk about. So Easy, 8, I picked up the limited edition uh, through NIS America and came with soundtracks and stuff. And I was like, you know what, I really want to play this game. I have such a huge backlog. I'm just gonna sit down, and I'm gonna play through this game. I was really interested in it. So I sit down, I start playing it, and then, initially, I start panicking. I start getting worried, because the game is, you're on a ship, and you're walking around, and you're playing as Adol, and, you know, Dogie is with you, but he's kinda, like, far off, Yeah, like he's doing more of a recurring
1: stuff. character than he was in, like, E3 and Right, and right, stuff.
0: he's more, like, backup. He's not really, like, a playable character, at least initially. Yeah so I'm walking around with Adol I'm talking to all the people on this boat I'm like kind of like a a crew member or whatever on this boat Uh, there's this boat called the Lombardia I'm walking around and I'm like I'm like oh my god because you know how I get with games Uh like uh I I need a game to like kind of start relatively soon and I'm walking around and I'm talking to these people and there's like a ballroom thing gathering and you're like there's food and wine and all this stuff and you're like Oh my god, is this game going to get to the point? Like, I'm beginning to regret my purchase.
1: Let me guess, the ship crashes, you wake up on the shore with amnesia.
0: No, uh, no. Yes, no. (laughs) You gave me so much, and it's so hard to answer in short words, so let me put it this way. A giant squid attacks your ship. Okay. And uh, that's when this music plays. Gotcha. And so as soon as this track came on, I was like, oh baby. I was like, here we go, we got some ease." So they're middle East yeah, instead squidly, of squiddly middle squiddly middle East Very good, sir. <laughs> you kind of don't beat the squid. You end up getting shipwrecked, of course. So that's why I was like trying to answer Sweet. you. But you do get shipwrecked, so it is an ease game. It's inevitable. Yeah, of course. And you land on this place that essentially is uh, kind of like the Bermuda Triangle of uh, Islands. People can't get off the island, uh, but they get you know shipwrecked on this island so Adol wakes up runs around you know trying to find everybody ends up finding a couple of the fellow castaways Uh, there's this woman that he finds half naked accidentally named Laxia and she's kind of like a stuck up kind of you know like noble Mm -hmm. lady and then uh, you also meet this fisherman who's kind of crude like you know there's a lot of like crude jokes like farts and burps you're basically
1: describing Lost
0: yeah yeah Uh, You meet this fisherman named Sahad, and they're basically your two people that you meet, that you fight with. So you can switch between the three characters. So Sawyer and Kate from Lost, basically. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. I haven't seen Lost, but sure, yeah. Um, So you're running around, you know, killing stuff. The gameplay and the control is so fluid. You know, you're collecting all these various different items, but you can pretty much collect unlimited amounts of items cool so you kill enemies they get the items and you can use the items to bring back to the captain Because you find the captain you bring him the items and uh, you can make different uh, other really cool stuff Uh, different outfits different uh, color costumes and all sorts of stuff essentially what you're doing is you're trying to hunt down all the members of the Lombardia to kind of gather them up and bring them to this like small little Just kind of organize something yeah like organize together, track everybody down exactly make sure right. everybody's safe yep yep and so that's <clears> where <throat> that's where I'm at is uh, basically I, I, there's all these recurring dreams that Adol has so whenever the party goes to like a safe place uh, they set up camp for the night and then Adol starts having these weird dreams uh, about the uh, this woman Dana who you don't really know that much about all the you know stuff is very vague all the cutscenes are very vague I'm about like 9 to 10 hours in I've met the fourth cast member or the fourth playable character named Hummel. It's kind of like a brooding, like, I can do everything myself. Don't worry about me. Yep. You know, like one of those types of characters. But, uh, yeah, anyways, long-winded story. The game's great. Definitely recommend it highly. I cannot recommend it enough. It's probably going to be my game of the year, to be honest. it's Cool. Really, really cool. Musically, this is my bread and butter. This is my jam. Yeah. This is my peanut butter. A bit too this fast for me.
1: I do like the slower builds like that. Yeah. That part with the uh like the tapping guitar chords, but it's like in the background. It's like da 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 da. Mm-hmm. It's like getting higher and higher, yeah. kind of building slowly. I really like that part. Yeah. But then when it gets into that really fast kind of blast beat, it, it loses me a little bit. Like okay. I know that's the stuff that you love. Sure. So I'm 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 not trying to like you know saying it's bad or anything. It's sure. It's just, yeah. just not my my cup of tea, but musically, I mean, sonically like Team JDK is amazing. So instrumentation, the production quality, everything is fantastic as a boss battle, especially a burst boss battle to get you into the game. Like this is a fantastic track to do that.
0: And there's not a lot of, like a lot of the tracks are very high tempo, very like, I mean, it's ease. So you're gonna expect this type of music to be in the game, but there's other tracks that really surprised me. One of the tracks is like a very like pop punk anthem type track, Mm. which is the track that you hear for the most part, in most of the, in, in, yeah, I'd say five to six hours of the game, Cool. but there's a lot of really cool stuff. It's a very full-bodied soundtrack that has a lot of really cool tunes, so if you are if you listen to this track and you're like, eh, I'm not really a metal guy, definitely check out the rest of the soundtrack, because if you like retro stuff, you'll most likely find something in there that you love. A lot of variety. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the Team Falcom guys that did this, uh, Hayato Sonoda Sun- and Takahiro Unisuga, Hayato did uh, some other Ys games, E's uh, Memory of Celseta, Ys 1 and 2 Chronicles, I believe that was the PSP release in 2009, Gurumin, A Monstrous Adventure, E's Origin in 2006, Xanadu Next, and E's Oath in Felgana. So he's basically, he took on the role of the main Ease composer after E's 4 wrapped okay. up essentially. Yeah, E's 4 and E's 5. Uh, and then uh, Takahiro... Uh, kind of the same thing he jumped on a little bit after Hayato uh, Zendu Next was his first game with uh, Sound Team JDK and he did all the other games that I mentioned uh, for, of the E series so good stuff I, veterans I, yeah yeah, definitely Ease veterans alright what's next
1: next up is a little known game for the Sharp X68000 called Q2 and this is the serious mode version of the game serious yeah this is stage 1 again coincidentally by Mr. or Mrs. Unknown. Serious. Serious unknown. was Stage 1 from Q2 Serious Mode, Serious. released on the Sharp X68000 in 1993 from Panther Software. The composer is uncredited, unfortunately, and I could not find who wrote...
0: Mr. or Mrs. Uncredited?
1: Time. Yeah. Bummer, man. You're but, striking uh, out today. Yeah, you know, but it's cool stuff. I, I went very obscure today for you the did. most part. know, I mean, Aside from like a hat and time, a lot of my... Uh, Games are pretty darn obscure, and so are the composers, evidently. <laughs> uh, I like the heroic feeling this one has. I mean, for a first stage, it's got a nice, uh, like a, like a, kind of a moderate tempo without too much going on with it. Very heavy drums, which uh, just put heavy drums on a song, and I'll instantly like right, it. Right, right. Um, but that lead melody is—it's—it's it's kind of flat and kind of sad sounding, but mm-hmm. it also plays kind of a heroic melody, so you feel like, you know, there's a there's a purpose behind the the track there's like a sadness but also kind of a, a driving forward at the same time
0: you know what the problem with this track is it's got master system disease
1: a little bit yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's got that sad kind of sound to it but it's also a heroic track so it also kind of sounds uplifting yeah like a crying
1: these... hero right <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of these days we'll have to do a master system episode so we can actually like you know we'll have our emo scale yeah 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 <laughs> on a scale of of uh zero to ten Z- zero being kill yourself ten being kill yourself <laughs> on a scale
1: of Black Veil Brides to Marilyn Manson how emo <laughs> yeah. is this there you go. Oh god. So uh, yeah, I mean, this game is serious. It's
0: well, it's 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 half serious. Please explain the serious mode. All right.
1: So the game is two games in one. It's okay. called Q2 because there are two different titles that are
0: packed in with it. And that's um, and that's KU2, not you're saying Q2 like right. When I hear Q2, I think Q, like the C-U-E, letter Q or QUUE or, Q, or Q, 2 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: K U two. Okay, uh, and the two means that there's so there's serious mode and there's comic mode. They're two yeah. entirely different games, uh, developed by the same people at the same time. Um, comic mode would be like your cute-em-up style okay. game. They're both vertical shooters. Serious mode is is obviously very serious, so it's got more of like a you know your typical cave arcade style shooter. Right. Uh, the the difference with this game is so you're you're this regular kind of you know sci-fi style ship, but you have these two like. I don't know how to really explain them. They're they're organic monster kind of things. They're like cone-shaped, and they have like lots of teeth at the front. So they're kind of like, I guess, uh, like slugs or like leeches. Leeches, I think, is the best way to describe them. And if you fly into enemies, like fly to the side of enemies so that these cone things touch the other enemies they eat the enemies and then they grow in power they start changing color okay uh so the way that you get these little cone-shaped monsters to like fire their like bomb i guess you use them like bombs you press another button and they do like a spread fire shot or destroy everything on the screen you get them to eat so many enemies and they kind of power themselves up and then they go back to normal color after they've you okay. know, released their energy right so The whole deal is you've got to, you know, destroy enemies at the same time as, like, getting close to other ones so that these little monsters can consume the guys that are coming at you. So you have to change their diapers. Kind of. I guess they eat too much and then they poop out bullets. Do you need to make? Yeah. You got a poopoo in there? (laughs) Do You got to make... So, uh, so it's it's got a kind of a unique little uh, gimmick going for it. Otherwise, it's it's kind of like your generic shooter. Okay. Uh, you get these little enemies that fly along the top, and then when you destroy them, they turn into power ups, and then so you get like three or four different weapons: a laser, uh, homing missile, your standard sure. bullets. It's um, a shmup. Yeah, the music is really good. The graphics are decent. Uh, the queued-em-up and the serious mode are both very different from each other. You know, aside from being um, more like uh, both vertical shooters, they both have very different feels. To them, even though they run on the same engine, uh, and they're they're both great soundtracks as well. Unfortunately, like I don't know anything about the people that made the soundtrack, right. but I wish I did. Uh, Panther Software was a Japanese video game and software company founded in 1987. They changed their name from Panther Studios Limited in 1987 to Panther Software in 1991, and they mm. did games for the MSX. Uh, the Sharp X68000 and later on went to do some games for PlayStation, Dreamcast and Xbox. So uh, the ones on the Xbox and stuff, they weren't like very popular games. They did Brave Knight uh, and Metal Dungeon for the Xbox. I think they were, like, Japanese-exclusive hmm. Xbox games, which were very, very rare.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the the Xbox wasn't exactly marketed very well towards uh, Japanese audience. Yeah, so. exactly.
1: And they tried to put out these games here and there that, uh, you know, just didn't work out. Uh, they did Space Griffin VF9 for the PlayStation, which I think had some media stuff behind it. But mm. other than that, like, all of their games on their on their Wikipedia page, I've never... I've never heard of before. No. Uh, Previous to this, like the the year before uh, this Q2 dual mode game came out, they released a game called Q2 Front Row, which was basically like serious mode, but it was kind of like an earlier version of serious mode, so it didn't have all the features that serious mode did when they released the second version with comic mode. So this game kind of got two different releases even though the soundtrack was the same. So you might find this soundtrack under serious mode or under front row either way. But uh, yeah, a lot of good tracks on this one. It was just one of those little obscure games that I've kind of been holding on to. We haven't done a shmup episode lately, right. so it's kind of been in my backlog for a while to play. Sounds pretty serious. It's pretty serious. <laughs> Definitely serious. Hmm. You got another kind of a serious game coming up.
0: Well, yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, speaking of games that also aren't pronounced the way that you would think they would, this is Zach. The Art of Visual Stage. How else of, would you pronounce it? I don't know. X-A-K? A- a- Zach. I don't know. I'd... I'd I don't know, and it's like xylophone yeah. I mean, with, with an x. Exact. Exact. From the producer of Gaming
1: Linguistics, folks. Yeah,
0: exact. I don't know. Well, it's Zach. <laughs> it is Zach. yes. <laughs> the Art of Visual Stage. This came out on the Super Famicom in 1993, exclusive to Japan. Uh, this is Battlefield. That's the name of the track and it's by Ryuji Sasai and Tadahiro Nita and it's been arranged for the Super Famicom by Hiroshi Amagi. Right. That was Zack. Zack. He's a Lego maniac. <laughs> the Art of Visual Stage is the name of that game. Super Famicom 1993 was the year of release in Japan. Battlefield was the name of the track, and it's by Ryuji, Sasai, and Tadahiro Nita, and arranged by Hiroshi Amagi on the Super Famicom. Zack is essentially if you took Zelda and combined it with East. Yeah. Yeah. And made a whole new game. I mean, like, it plays like Zelda in the sense that you swing your sword or whatever, and it's top-down, kind of, sort of, top-down for the most part. It's a little isometric looking. Yeah, a little bit. It's it's almost as if the level layout is top-down, but then it's, like, angled slightly. yeah, yeah. It's weird, but it feels like ease. I mean, you start off in a town... And uh, you're running around, you know. It's it's it. It pretty much feels like the beginning of an East game uh, or a Zelda game, either one. Um, but yeah, it's it's action RPG style game. Originally developed for, I believe, the PC98, Sharp X68000, MSX2 and PC Engine all got ports of this game. I believe it was later re-released on Windows as well and mobile devices uh, fairly recently. Yeah, this is, this
1: like is a really popular ongoing series in Japan yeah. that never made its way over to the States. No,
0: never, yeah. So I actually, my buddy Paul hooked me up with, um, I bought the cart at Retro World Expo, um, but I didn't know what I was reading and I kind of wanted to check this game out. So he made me a repro Board for the game. So, I still have the Japanese cool. board as well. But, anyways, the track I love because it's very high energy. This track plays when you finally get going in the game and you're like fighting. So, it's like similar to like East or Zelda, uh, like Zelda when you get into like Hyrule Field or you know, in Zelda Ocarina of Time or something like that. Yeah. It's the battle music that you hear as you're playing. The game. You can save anywhere you want and I definitely recommend when you start off the game, after you get all your weapons and stuff, definitely save right away because you will die a lot in this game. It's very similar to Ease where you just die and die and die. The funny thing is you play as this character, his name is Latok Cart. So you bring the glasses to uh, this girl Elise, who's like the childhood friend or whatever, and she gives the glasses to uh, the mayor, who I guess is like her family member or something. He basically says, hey, you got a message from somebody. And it's this, um... Giant squid. No, not a giant (laughs) squid. Uh, it's a, like, fairy. Uh, and she is essentially... Her name is Pixie. Or Lumarie Pixie, or whatever. And she's like, hey, I heard that you are the chosen one. Or you're... Essentially, uh, there was this god named Duel. And Duel destroyed this guy named, uh... I think Badu or something like that. So it's a basic like hapless hero, like wanders into a
1: situation right. where he's got to save the world. E- essentially. And he's like, how did I get myself into this? Mess? Right.
0: But the funny part is, is <laughs> she goes, so are you dorks son? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> So she's, like, explaining, like, oh, well, you know, we're we're here because the king told me to come down to this town to find the descendant of Duel's spirit, basically. Okay. And so we were looking for Dork, but we can't find Dork because he (laughs) left town, so we're going to take you instead. Okay. So his name's Latak Kart, but his father's name is Dork. So his father's name is Dork Cart. <laughs> Dork Cart.
1: I mean, it's a fan translation, so it might have been like Doroku or something like that. and they Online just
0: kind of anglicized it. It's the same online though, so I think I think the names were legit. I just Dork Cart. Can you imagine Dork if your Cart. name was Dork Cart? I don't know. What would man. be the equivalent of Dork Cart? Like, like what? What if what if your name was Dork Cart? Or what if your name was like as bad as Dork Cart? Like, what's worse than Dork Cart? Geek Bike. Geek Bike. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know nerd jet i don't know <laughs> nerd wagon nerd wagon <laughs> i just why like why would they name him dork like i don't know it must have gotten lost in translation it must have been one of those things where, i don't know or it never got translated but it's just nick carney in disguise it's nick carney in disguise absolutely but i don't know i just thought it was uh, a really great track i heard about the track first Actually, I heard that Ryuji Sasai did the soundtrack. Terrific. Yeah, that's
1: what interested me too. Yeah. I love him.
0: Yeah, you know, he's great, and I loved his stuff in Mystic Quest. He did Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, Final Fantasy Legend Three, Bushido um, Blade series. Yeah, and he's done some of the other Zack games as well, yep. such as Zack Two: Rising of the Red Moon, uh, Bushido Blade Two. He did some music on as well. Yeah,
1: he's he's kind of like a rock star. Like he's in bands and stuff. Uh, yeah, he stopped composing for video game music a while ago to focus on uh, you know like pop music full time. now so, out. Yeah.
0: But he's Rocking a guitarist. Out. Rocking out with his door couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: he's he's a guitarist, and a lot of that shows through in a lot of his music. Uh, you know, between, between Tadahiro Nita and Ryuji Sasai, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is a, a Sasai track, especially oh, towards that end with like yep. that, di- that dynamic kind of like bass groove going
0: on. I love that, and it's, yeah. it's
1: interesting hearing, because he wrote... He wrote all the music for Final Fantasy and Mystic Quest on his own for the Super Nintendo. It's right. interesting hearing his music written for something else, but then arranged for the Super Nintendo. Like yeah. It kind of like it sounds like him, but then there are parts where it's like, okay, I can definitely tell where like Hiroshi Yamagi might have like added his own flair into
0: right. it. Right. Or or Tadahiro Nita. Yeah. Uh, Tadahiro Nita worked on uh, Shenmue. He did sound on that. Some of the other Zack games like uh, Rising of the Red Moon, Zack Precious Package, The Tower of Gazelle and uh, Frey and Magical Adventure CD Zack Gaiden in 1994 his last game was 2003 he did sound composition on Naval Ops Warship Gunner and another game he worked on right before that in 2000 was Marionette Company 2 cool yeah which supposedly those have pretty good soundtracks from what I hear we'll have to check them out yeah but that is it and that's all so yeah go play this game because it's pretty cool excellent yeah a lot of fun
1: alright what you got for me all right, next up is a little racing game that came out in the arcade but never got a home port. This is called Dirt Dash. This is the city level. Shinji Hosoe composed this track, but Ayako Saso, Hiroto Sasaki, Nobuyushi Sano, Takeyuki Aihara, and Yuri Misumi also worked on this game. Let's check it out. that was the city level to Dirt Dash. Came out on the arcade in 1995, published by Namco. Shinji Hosoe wrote this track. Uh, Ayako Saso, Hiroto Sasaki, Nobuyushi Sano, Takeyuki Aihara, and Yuri Misumi also worked on this game, composing other tracks. This game, uh, both in music and in gameplay, is like if Sega Rally Championship and Ridge Racer got together and had a little racing baby. You've got the Ridge racer racing engine, but you're doing like rally style racing, so you're skidding all over the track and getting, uh, little directions from your co-driver and little arrows on the screen telling you where to go, but you're going through, like, cities and, like, back alleys and fields and stuff, so it's a lot more dynamic, I guess, than the Ridge Racer series, where you're pretty much just stuck on this highway going around in circles. You get these kind of, like, long, winding roads. I feel like this would have been an excellent kind of, like, sequel to release on the PlayStation alongside Ridge Racer when the PlayStation launched, but they never ended up making a conversion, which kind of sucks, because it's a really fun game to
0: play. This... Track reminded me a lot of like different elements of different, like, the, the synths specifically really sounded like something from like Mega Man X4. Okay, very like Capcom esque era, kind of like a mix of like Super Nintendo, uh, meets like zentada type stuff mm. or like Sega type stuff, uh, especially when those organs come in, those Hammond organs. Uh, those were really cool.
1: Yeah, it, it actually sounds a lot like the intro to Ridge Racer. Mm-hmm. So it's got a very Namco feel for me, but I know okay. you haven't played that game right, that much, right. so you probably wouldn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shinji Hosoe also wrote the soundtrack to the original Ridge Racer and okay. a bunch of those sequels as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that influence is obviously, it's like, oh, I'm doing another racing game, may as well make it sound kind of the same. Right, right. Uh, but Ridge Racer, while it had this huge kind of like very, very house techno... A very aggressive style this soundtrack is a little more cause you're you know you're not going as high of a speed, you're kinda of gliding around corners and stuff, so they, they subdued the tracks a little bit. So you get to see a little more of uh, Shinji Hosoe's mild side with a lot of the stuff on here. A little more jazzy. It's Dirt Dash.
0: Dirt
1: dash
0: Dashing through the dirt. <laughs> so what about the other composers?
1: Uh, the other composers were mostly part of the Sampling Masters team. So they did stuff like Virtual On, a lot of those Namco arcade games that came out around that time, uh, like Striker, Super Striker, something like that, one of those soccer games that came out. Okay. Um, they all kind of worked together on a lot of titles. So um, I don't really have too much on most of them because their credits are all mostly... Mm. The same, but uh, as far as you know, Ayako Sasso, she was sampling Master Aya. Uh, Shinji Hosoe is known as Sampling Masters Mega and I kind of all know this off the top of my head So mm-hmm. a lot of these guys just kind of all worked on the same stuff, and then they also do uh, stuff outside of video game music So you get like Sampling Masters compilations where it's original music written by all these guys hmm. uh, Kind of like you might find like uh, Sega sound team or like right. Shintada.
0: They would do like original Konami music Konami Club. Yeah, right.
1: exactly So you'll get original stuff as well as like remixes and, and retakes on Video game music that they've done over the years. I think
0: everybody has had a band Kind so of an in-house, speak. Yeah, yeah I th- maybe Nintendo didn't. I don't think Nintendo, Nintendo Sound Team, I think there was something called Nintendo yeah, Sound Team. Yeah, I
1: mean, they've done some live
0: performances, but yeah. it's, it's, they haven't really, Nintendo hasn't, aside from like Koji
1: Kondo, mm. they've never really trumpeted any of their like music people. Maybe Kazumi yeah. Totaka and Hip Tanaka, but A lot you know, of them they don't left. do as much as like the other third party developers
0: do yeah a lot of them took more of a backseat role too and they they really weren't doing as much musically uh i mean and koji kondo was the pretty much the only guy that stuck around that was doing like a lot of stuff i think Kip tanaka left yeah right he formed his own studio right right and so i mean who else do you have other than him
1: well from the original guys right from the original guys. not very many not very many right right
0: music wasn't as big too in early early nintendo games right The black box type NES games, you know. Yeah, Yeah, but you're not going to see. uh,
1: Yeah, you're not going to see Nintendo doing live performances like a lot of the other, sure. uh, Like Suntado used to do back in the day, right? Right. It's kind of unfortunate because a lot of the music that like you know Mario Kart Wii or Mario sure. Kart 8 like would be excellent live yeah. like they they've shown off Super on Super Mario
0: 3D World yeah, the, yeah you
1: know those those soundtracks being recorded in the studio mm-hmm. and it'd be really cool to see it all you know kind of performed out there so True. i don't know maybe they do it in japan and we just don't know about it it doesn't Possibly. get publicized but yeah. uh, it would be a really cool show to see yeah. like actual nintendo musicians on stage and performing
0: what's your what's your dream concert as far as like if you could see any of those like groups like, you know, like Zuntada Oh, I or.
1: would love to see like the original Zuntado lineup yeah, with yeah. Hisayoshi Ogura. Yeah. And all those guys doing like Daddy Mulk and the yes. Ninja Warriors soundtrack. I got to say the
0: same. Yeah. And all
1: that stuff. Raid, Ray, not Raid Ray
0: Storm. Race Storm. Yep. Uh,
1: Galactic Attack, all those yep. soundtracks. Just yeah, that'd fantastic be fantastic cool. stuff.
0: Yeah, that or Konami Kukeha Club. That, yeah. That'd be really cool to see some like Castlevania. Akihata and uh, right, Ken- right. Kenichi Matsubara and all yep. that stuff. Yeah, yep, that'd be yep. great too. Or even Alf Lila. Yes. Or Capcom Yep. yeah that'd be cool sorry we're geeking out here We're <laughs> um, all, right. all
1: VGM fans I'm sure they love it
0: yeah 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 alright so let's move on to our next track which is from DeBlob. deblob 2008's Wii release it's also out as of the 14th of November on the Playstation 4 and Xbox One which is weird oh neat In fact, it's like a out. remastered version yeah like a remastered version of the game cool yeah. track is called Revolutionary and it's by John Guscott <laughs> Welcome back. That was De Blob. We oui, 2008 release, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, 2017. The track was revolutionary, and that was by John Guscott. And that was the name of the track, Revolutionary. Not that the track. Well, the track <laughs> it was, was revolutionary. The track wasn't like revolutionary. It was a nice little samba track. You know, here's the thing about the music in this game. It starts off very quiet. So the I kind of have to explain what the game is. The game is like a platformer puzzle type game. Right. You're going around as this character named Blob, and uh, you're going through this place called Chroma City that's been invaded by a by a comp- corporation called the Inked Corporation. And so Blob is kind of like the the means to an end. He's the tool used by this group called the Color Underground. Though these like they're all these like colorful, uh, kind of like revolutionary. People, characters that are all like fun-looking and different-colored, and they essentially are helping Blob with repainting all of the town with color. So all the worlds that you go through are all black and white, all like colorless, like gray, very, very drab-looking. Yeah. You have to kill these guards, and when you kill the guards, you get you get a different color paint depending on which color you you kill. So if you kill a yellow guy, you get yellow paint, and your your Blob turns yellow. All you have to do is walk around and touch stuff, and when you do that, it lights up the everything. It paints every completely repaints everything in color. You can get different style things too to like give uh, like different vibes to the to the visuals, more like a skater punk kind of look. Different textures. So yeah, different textures essentially the music kind of fills in slowly as you are recolorizing the world. So you start off like slower and then as you we
1: would add you would add musical tracks, so it like yeah. just be percussion. Then you would add the bass, Then right. you would add like you know one melody line, then another yep. melody. So it kind of builds itself. The more color you have in the level, the more instruments. Right. I think each color is one instrument. Or yeah, something each like color
0: that? is one instrument. So like for example, if you choose brown, it's the uh, record scratch. Yeah. So every time that you paint a building, it does like a cool record scratch with the music. Right. So the, there, there'll be a backbeat for the mo- or like a very soft backbeat as you begin each level but then it you know the tempo rises and you know the music starts getting more funky more like vibrant and as you paint the level the music kind of fills in so by the time you're well. done
1: you're listening to what we just played right it's like you know the pretty much and yeah. fully colorized level yeah uh, it's called revolutionary i think because it's got a very cuban feel oh, definitely. to it so it's yeah. got that whole like castro gravara yep. like revolutionary vibe definitely. to definitely uh, I just picture like a hot Savannah night, you know, people mm-hmm. dancing. Oh, definitely. Lights everywhere. Miami, so. right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Definitely like totally like Cuban, or, yeah, Spanish. kind of yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, I love this type of music. I mean, it, it's very fun to dance to. It's fun to vibe out to. It's fun to drive to. It's just all around really... Awesome music. Yeah. Josh and Emily are actually big fans of this game and this soundtrack. We yeah. talk
1: about it a lot on BGM Jukebox. So if yeah. you're thinking you might have heard it somewhere else and you're a listener of that show, that's probably where you heard it from. Yeah, yeah I'm a big fan of this one, too. I, I got it when it first came out on the Wii. Same here. And we played it quite a bit. Yeah. Was, you know, because we were really into like Katamari, like that style yep. of game, and it feels, it, does it has have, that kind of a feel
0: to it. Yeah, it does have a Katamari feel to it.
1: I not, got kind not in of, gameplay, but in, like,
0: right. I don't know, game feel. I Just the, is the, best the way vibe it. is very, yeah. like, Katamari. It's very, it's like American Katamari. It's like a procedural,
1: puzzly right. kind of a game. Yeah, game,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got, honestly, kind of bored with it initially, but uh, recently I picked it up. I did, like, a buy two, get one free at a local game store, and, uh, you know, so I picked up The Blob 2, and I saw The Blob 1, so I got that one for free. So, you know. I, I started playing through it again. I recently played through it on uh, Mike Tendell Plays on the uh, YouTube channel. And, you know, not a lot of people watched it. It's not a very popular game. But it was a lot of fun to play. Mm-hmm. You know, just sit down and, you know, it's, it's... You know what's really nice about this game is it's really chill to just sit down and color. It's like if you are the... If you're an adult and you kind of look back on those days when like you could just like sit down and you had your coloring book and you would just it's it's a nice like de-stressor so if you're mm. that type of person where like doing like adult coloring books or anything like that like kind of calms you or it's like very serene calming you may want to look into this game because that's really all you're doing is just coloring technically yeah, yeah you're jumping around too like you can the controls aren't like really terrible or anything they're not like super motiony you jump by using the Wiimote. By, uh yeah Neil but Slim. if you get the remake
1: the remake yeah. thing, you'll be using a standard yeah, controller then you'll be anyways, using a regular so.
0: controller yeah that's true so yeah i'm interested to see what they include in the remake or the reimagining or whatever it is yeah. that they're coming out with i Plus guess
1: you'll be coloring in hd
0: yes yes true true death <laughs> <laughs> so john guscott did mostly like franchise type games First game was Zapper, One Wicked Cricket in 2002. But he's done uh, Disney's Lilo and Stitch, Trouble in Paradise, Fairly Odd Parents, a couple games for them. Bad Boys of Miami Takedown in 2004, Pac-Man World 3 in 2005. Did some Nick- Nickelodeon stuff with Nicktoons and SpongeBob. Uh, then 2008 he did The Blob. He did The Blob 2 in 2011, and that was the last game that he did. Right on. Yeah. So what's up next on the free picks?
1: Next free pick from me <laughs> is Drinky and Smoky. <laughs> This one uh, is another kind of obscure Sharp X68000 game. I've, I've kind of gotten back into going through a lot of these X68000 titles I have. This is called Smokey Blues, composed by Noboru Matsuoka. All right, that was Drinky and Smoky. Uh-huh. That was the Smoky Blues from Noboru Matsuoka. Hey, you want to do the rest of the break sounding like this? I think we'd probably blow our throats out. That'd be worth it. Oh, let's do it then. <laughs> came out on the Xbox. Not the Xbox, that other box. Oh, x- you're drunk. The x 68,000 box. Have another beer. Yeah, came out in 1994 when I was 89 years old. <laughs> uh- <laughs> So, uh, so this is a game where I do have the actual composer named Nabaru Matsuoka, but I don't know anything about him because this is the literally only place I've ever found his you name before. Just are just
0: inc- incontinent. Yes.
1: Just incontinent, just pooping everywhere. <laughs> it's all that drinking and smoking I've been yeah. doing. Oh, boy. But I love this track. It's so much fun. Those runs are so tight and crisp. The instrumentation is really good. It's got two distinct kind of parts to it, and they both sound really cool. What, what was your take on this it's one? It's got
0: that, like, 20s Disney vibe. Yeah, so. You know, I like, so. if this was in a Disney cartoon, I could totally picture that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Know? I like the little note bends that kind of give a little bit of a flair to it. it. kind of shows that he knows what he was doing. A lot of this soundtrack is pretty much the same. It's got a very 50s, you know, like, 30s, 40s, 50s vibe, yeah, like like it. rockabilly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The game is about two little characters, drinky and smoky, and it's a puzzle game. So kind of like Lemmings in a sense, I guess. So you, you've got a your character and there's a series of like metal girders or logs or whatever the theme of the particular level you're in. And you've got certain things that you can drop. So you can drop a little like turnaround marker or a little stopper or like a, a, a platform. And basically, you have to place everything on the level while he's standing still. Once you've placed everything, then you can hit the go button. Mm. And then he'll walk. And then depending on what you've put down, he'll either walk from the level. He's got to walk through the level and collect all the whiskey bottles okay. and get to the goal. So if you get to the goal without collecting all the whiskey bottles, you don't win. If he falls off the level, you don't win. Mm. You know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's basically a puzzle game. you got to set yeah. things up with the limited amount of things that you have. Once in a while, his friend Smokey will appear... And you can either... You can collect all... Like, you can collect all the bottles with drinky, but get smoky to the goal, and then you also win as long as the combination of two characters collect all the items and get to the goal, even if the other one, the other one dies, okay. then you still win the level. So Do you, do you collect management. cigarettes as well? I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. I've gotten to, like, stage, like... Five or six, and there's like four levels per each stage. But they've all pretty much focused on drinky with collecting the whiskey bottles, so mm-hmm. I don't know if eventually it gets you get to, like smoky-only levels. Mm-hmm. There, this, this is called Smoky Blues, and there were some songs called like Drinky Something, so I think they each have their own kind of themes depending on who's the main character. Okay. Um, but this is a song you play once you hit go, and then the character will start walking. And uh, so then you get some like incidental music here and there, but there's like two or three main stage themes and they've all got this kind of cool 50s groove to it uh just one of those stupid little games on my hard drive that was in this huge collection of x68000 titles i found it like drinking and smoking. like what could this possibly be so you know I, I emulated it and played it a bit and i was like oh this is fun and i really dug the soundtrack i'll so. tell you what it could be your future my drinking
0: smoking future ah, oh boy nah, not doing those cigarettes another anymore. another 100 episodes <laughs> oh get me a drink <laughs> Okay then, well, drinky and smoky. Drinky and smoky. Speaking of drinky and smoky, uh, mature stuff. Okay. okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Fist of the North Star, Ken's Rage on the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. This game came out in 2010 and the track is The Seven Scars by Masayoshi Sasaki. And this is a, this, this is, yeah. This will fist your North Star. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh. Welcome back get your head back in check stop head banging that was fist of the north star ken's rage xbox 360 playstation 3 2010 was the year of release and that was the seven scars uh and i just want to clarify masayoshi Sasaki was the sound director haruki yamada was most likely the composer on this one uh, Haruki Yamada has worked on mostly Musao games, Samurai Warriors, Warriors Orochi, Dynasty Warriors, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. They all like, have this very similar hard rock sound. Right, right, right. Masayoshi Sasaki, I believe, he's mostly done like sound direction with, as far as composition and music goes he's been like a musician on like the Warriors Orochi 3 mm-hmm. uh, and also he did the music for Destrega which is a really cool arena fighter on the Playstation 1 Oh yeah I remember that. Yep yep good game and uh yeah so what did you think of this one? You were kind of you were kind of rocking out. This
1: game is this track is burned into my brain like <laughs> this brought back really good memories Okay, I love this game I 100% this game so I mean I instantly recognized that because mm-hmm. it's, cause it's I think this plays on like the menu, uh, it plays it's a, while you're it's, like, it's to a, a lot of the like yeah. the, like the uh, generic kind of levels. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I, you know, it's, it's not my style of music, but it's one of those just tracks that I've heard so much that <laughs> I know every single note I know where everything goes. Right. So it's instantly kind of like a head nodder whenever I hear it. Uh, I haven't played this game in a long time. I, I, I got it when it first came out just because I'm one of those guys that tries out like, every single Musao game that, right. that comes out and I just sure. see what sticks. And I already was a fan of the you know Hokuto no Ken Fist, in the Fist of the North saga. Star saga, so the combination of the two, I was like, that's a perfect combination. I can't wait to play it, and yeah. I loved it. Um, so yeah, really enjoy this track. Definitely you know lots of different dynamic parts to it. Slows down a little bit. Gets a little heavier. Yeah, comes a back faster. In with the screaming guitar metal yep. melodies again. So uh, lots of fun. Very much
0: fits the pace of the game as well. This track is years 2000 to 2009 for me. This was my type of music that Ah. I listened to. (laughs) The music is mostly, it's it's, I guess you could call it metalcore. This is a little bit more pop oriented than traditional, like most metalcore type songs. Yeah, it's a little bit more melodic. This really sounds a lot like Killswitch Engage's uh, The End of Heartache, which was a track that was on uh, the Resident Evil Apocalypse soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. So this song really really reminded me of that and I really enjoyed that song and I really enjoyed uh, kill switch back back in the day yep. but yeah that I, I mean I used to love this like metal core melodic death core like that, that type of metal was right up my alley yeah so it was really cool to hear a game actually have you know that part of my 20s in it <laughs> uh, that I could kind of go back to and be like oh it's cool Fist of the North Star. I don't really have that. In all honesty, I don't really have that much experience with. My very first experience to Fist of the North Star was uh, there was this arcade game. It was Fist of the North Star, but it was like one of those like punching bag games. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, I remember that. Yeah.
0: And uh, you had to punch it as fast yeah, as you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool because like in the anime, I, there's a part where the whole point of uh, the series is you play. There's this guy Ken. Kenshiro. Kenshiro, right. Um, and I think they just shortened his name to Ken in the U.S. version. Or they call him both. I mean, something just like that, it, yeah. yeah. But uh, Ken's got to defeat these opponents, and so you hear this stuff through these speakers in this arcade game, and so you start punching the, the punching bag, and then you all of a sudden have to uh, like punch it really fast, and you hear, Fist of the North Star, and then like this like loud like. Shing type thing sound effect. <laughs> so cheesy. And then you just hear him going which was like his thing that he did. So that was my first like experience to Fist of the North Star. I knew nothing about Fist of the North Star other than that. Gotcha. I, I think afterwards I maybe downloaded the ROM for the NES game, which is not very Yeah good. no. It's
1: like an action RPG. It, it's it's no
0: it's it's ugh, It's like a really lackluster beat-em-up, like action. Oh, okay, it's, okay, yeah. It, you like, can yeah. jump super high in the air. Like, yeah. it's, it's really good. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything I knew about this game was on a very surface level. And then when I found out that the two games got released on the 360, I was like, I have to get these games. So I picked them both up. I haven't sat down and played this one yet, unfortunately, but... It's the- a
1: great way to experience, like, the storyline. like hasn't yeah. You know, kind of like the Berserk game that just came out. Right. kind of, like... Brings you through the origins okay. of Kenshiro and and Jaggi and like M- Mamiya and all his Toki and all the people that he like kind of originally starts hanging out with, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and all his enemies. And so you get to play through all of these kind of iconic moments of the manga and of hmm. the anime. That's cool. Uh, and then it kind of like leads you off into like the second generation of the heroes and protagonists mm-hmm. in Ken's Rage Two. Yeah, Rage Two wasn't as good. They really kind of. Like there were full cinematics right. in the first one, and the second one, they kind of went like more of like a stop motion, like comic book style right. cinematic, which I didn't appreciate as much. Yeah, yeah. So um, sounds like
0: they dumped all their money into the first game, and then when it was the a lower game, budget title. Yeah, it, the first game probably didn't sell as well, so they were like, oh, all right, we'll yeah. scale it back a bit for the sequel.
1: Well, they did that with all their games. I think they they were they were going full cinematic. Koei Tecmo was. Yeah, yeah. Team Omega, and so uh, at one point they just decided that unless it's a full on. Um, Dynasty Warriors title, all the other titles are going to start like Kong being Bucky. scaled back, yeah. not having English uh, voiceovers or right. anything like that. So they kind of like killed that part, which which a little... I mean, I, I, I'd rather have the English voiceovers because yeah. while you're playing this game, uh, just like the Dynasty Warriors series, you've got people shouting directions at yeah. you or people like congratulating you or telling you that they need help. Mm-hmm. And if it's in Japanese, like you need to read the text on the screen. And while you're like slicing through millions of enemies, it's really hard to read at the same sure. time. You'd much rather get those audio cues telling yeah. you, "Hey, go over to the northwest corner or whatever, and kill these guys." That was so. my—that
0: was a complaint that I had about Berserk. Although I will say, I I cannot hear Berserk in English. Like I watched Berserk, the original anime mm. in Japanese, so like I believe they got the original voice actors for Berserk mm. uh, to come back oh, to do cool. the game. So I can't picture hearing Berserk in anything but Japanese. But at the same time, I'm like, oh man, like there's so much going on. Like I really need to just focus. So yeah, I don't know. But Fist of the North Star is in English. It's
1: the if I recall, the original one is in English, and the second or one's... Japanese. You can choose. Okay, you can choose. And then the second one I think is only Japanese. So I don't probably, quote me on that. I'm pretty sure the first one is at least I would
0: uh, probably to stick with Japanese then, because. It's always weird when they do that when yeah. it's like the first game. If you want a English. consistent
1: experience between the two games, then pick Japanese. Japanese, right? You know, right. gameplay is easier in English just because of what Agreed. I just you know said. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. either way, it's a great way to kind of experience the story. If you don't want to go through the whole anime series, you want some interactivity sure. with it. Yeah,
0: I'll probably dig um, this. I'm and even glad if you I don't like,
1: yeah, even if you don't like the Musao games so much, this one plays more like a beat 'em up, yeah, than a hack and slash. Right, right. Uh, and it plays like if you're a fan of like games like God Hand, mm-hmm. you'll really enjoy this I game. do love God so Hand. So it's got that really over-the-top kind of beat-em-up quality to it. I'm gonna love it. You're gonna enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Alright, what's your final track? The final track is Waterworld, but not the SNES version everyone knows. Oh, There was boo. an unreleased <laughs> Genesis version that also has a really good soundtrack. This is Shop 2 from that game by Guess Who. I don't know. Mr. or Mrs. Unknown. My third unknown of the day. All right, let's that's take a listen. That's strike 3, you're out. I'm, well, it's good thing that's it's my last track. I yeah. can just go out on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, what a world shop 2. Let's take a listen. Clean all the dirt and grime out of your ears. That was Shop 2 from Waterworld. Unreleased on the Genesis in 1995. At least it was going to be released in 1995. That's what it says on the title screen. Thank God
0: it didn't. Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of a bummer because of the soundtrack. Yeah, I
1: haven't actually played this game. I've only heard the soundtrack. Hmm. Uh, So I don't actually know if the game is is decent or not. I mean, I know that the Super Nintendo version was not that great. And I know that the Virtual Boy version was not that great. So I can only assume...
0: I'm gonna fight you on that one. What the Super Nintendo version? Yeah, I actually really like the Super NES okay. game. I mean, it only came out in Europe. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I think it only came out in Europe. But uh, aside from some fantastic music, yeah, by um, Dean Evans. Dean Evans, that's right. It's a pretty cool little like action game. Cool. Yeah, that's not yeah, bad. I haven't it... had too much experience with it, but I've—I I've,
1: mean, I've heard from other people that yeah. they don't like it. So no,
0: it's not a very like. Good game in the sense, like a traditional good game. It's more like a very generic kind of yeah, game. Yeah,
1: but is it one of those games where, like, you wouldn't play it so much if it weren't for the soundtrack? Kind of deal. Um, like Super Adventure um, Island with me. Yeah,
0: yes and no. I mean, the soundtrack definitely helps because the soundtrack is great in the Super NES version. But if the Genesis game is anything like the Super NES version, you're playing uh, as the main hero in Waterworld, Kevin Costner, who's playing Kevin Costner. You're right. He's not the Mariner or whatever his name was. The Oceaner. The Mariner. It was the Mariner? Yeah. Yeah, no. That movie, Kevin Costner's playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like a, a unique self-biographical story. I see. Yeah. And Dennis Hopper comes back from the dead. Oh. Yeah. But you're you're playing as, uh, he, he's, as the Mariner. You've got the ship and you're riding the ship all over this map. And as you're... As you're doing that, um, there's these really frustrating, like isometric um, okay, I'm, shooter. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at YouTube footage of the Genesis
1: version now, and I think it's very, very similar. It's probably
0: a port of the Super NES version. Yeah, just
1: with different music.
0: Oh, but it, it's that's probably the worst part. Is you're you're shooting you're shooting like these little pellet BBs at all these like uh, targets, and they're very very difficult to hit. And then when you move into the actual like gameplay. It's, um, like, for the stage, it's like, you know, a side-scrolling game where, like, you gotta go swim underwater, grab this, you know, these various, like, trinkets and doodads and whatnot. The thing is, you gotta know what you're grabbing. Um, I think you're going after, like, sand or something. No, or urine? Yay! Well, well, either one. Why the hell? um, There's something in the movie where, like, there's something that's, uh, that's really highly, like... Freshwater? No, I don't think it's fresh fresh water. There there's something that um you collect in in the movie in in the game that in the movie it's very like a lot of people really are trying to get it. Okay. I don't remember what it is. Spice. Spice. I don't know. Maybe. Dune. Dog oh, Dune, yeah. Spice.
1: So I'm looking at um I'm looking at some footage on YouTube right now of the side scrolling levels, and the protagonist has like he looks kinda like Kevin Costner, but he's got like blonde long hair. Yep. And as he stands there, his hair is constantly blowing in the wind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know what it reminds me of? Realm. Do you remember that game that we played yep, the track from yep. Realm? It kind of reminds me of that. Okay, so but... this
1: must be just pretty much a port of the SNES version. Yeah. If they're yeah, that similar.
0: That's what I'm thinking. Very yeah. interesting.
1: Except with very different music. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like the soundtrack. There's some very techno tunes. This one's a little bit slower paced. This one It doesn't feel me. like a chop track to me at all. It feels more like a, I don't know...
0: Cinematic or Gauntlet Four. It reminds a me a little bit. Gauntlet yeah, four yeah, yeah, Track that you played, very like dirty and grimy. very very, very grimy. dingy. And
1: uh, you know, I, I reached out to Matt Furnace mm. uh, on Facebook because he was doing some other games for Ocean around this time. Okay. And I was like, well, if anybody that I'm in contact with is going to know who who composed this game, yeah. like he would, but unfortunately, he didn't know either. So at least it wasn't him. Yeah. Um, which kind of scratches one name off the list. Mm. It doesn't um, sound like a
0: like a matte furniture. no tracker. it doesn't at all and that's no. what I
1: told him I was like it doesn't sound like you but who knows mm. I, it doesn't sound like Dean Evans either no definitely um, not the only one I, other guy that I know off the top of my head to work for them around this time was Jonathan Dunn Jonathan Dunn and yeah. his stuff maybe he's got that kind of a gritty style sometimes he, he did so. the virtual
0: boy music if I recall yeah he did Yeah.
1: Uh, and then he also did one other Genesis tr- uh, soundtrack, and that was uh, Adam's family okay. for the uh, for the Genesis. So it's so possible, maybe Jonathan Dunn. I don't know. Question I, mark. I reached out to Jonathan Dunn. Uh, I don't know. I think we both did. Yeah. He never, he never got back to us. No. No. Oh well. Maybe if he ever does, we'll be able to ask him about Waterworld. Yeah. Yeah. want So uh, so yeah, this is another one of those little gems that I've been listening to for a while that I haven't gotten the chance to play.
0: This was also supposed to come out on the Saturn and it probably would have had like a bunch of movie clips, you know, if you wanted to watch that yeah. terrible movie.
1: It would have been cool if like Dean Evans did like a Red Book audio soundtrack or Saturn. Like yeah.
0: like Red Book like real
1: synth versions of the SNES music. That would have been really cool to hear. Yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. Me too. Yay.
1: Alright, so that's all I got for Waterworld.
0: That's that's the free picks for this time. Yeah. The super free picks so, because we uh, we, we kind of
1: didn't do it at the beginning of the show, we do want to thank Joe Dunbar, Alex Messenger, and Scott Mickle- Holland, Mick, M- McCullen, M- McKellen? McKellen. I think we McKellen? settled on McKellen, but we're going to leave that up to
0: McDonald's? Scott
1: to tell us. Tweet at us or Facebook us and let us know how to pronounce your last name yes. so we can do a clarification corner yes. during our next episode. <laughs> uh, thank you for submitting your Pixel Chat questions. Please, if you have questions for us, send them over to pixel tunes radio at gmail.com with pixel chat in the subject, and we will answer your questions on a future episode. And
0: question in the body of the message. Yes. And that's it. We'll just read question. We'll just read the question. 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 And we'll just say answer. Answer. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Pixel Tunes Radio, where you can access a very lively community full of VGM enthusiasts such as yourselves, and we can talk about all sorts of wonderful video game and video game music related things. And how Bad Waterworld is. <laughs> yes. The movie. Yes. And maybe the games. And, and how to pronounce Zach. Exact.
1: Yes. And Q2.
0: Yes. And all the Q2. other stuff that we've been...
1: And Ganso Kyukoku, Girl Six Nin oh. Adventure Mahjong, Dial Q, Wo Moase. I can't even say that in one breath. That's a mouthful. Yeah. That's what she I'm said. I'm just going to go with Dial Q, Wo
0: Episode
1: 101. <laughs> in yeah. In the books. In the books. Traveling on towards more 100-era episodes. Yes. What are we got coming up next? I don't we even know. We
0: do have something very cool. We're going to be doing a... Final Fight episode, and it's kind of fitting that our second episode of the second chapter, I guess you could say, of Pixel Tunes is beat ups because our second episode was beat ups True, true. So we're going to continue with that, and, you know, nobody really talks about the music of Final Fight. Like, sure, the first game, people talk about it, but nobody really dives into the whole history of the franchise and plays a bunch yeah, of tracks. Yeah. And Final
1: so, Fight characters have shown up in other games, right. too.
0: Yeah, that's true. So we want to kind of tackle the Final Fight universe and... And all of its games, and you know, maybe some surprise appearances from where the characters ended up in various other Street Fighter-themed uh, games and sure, whatnot. Sure. So yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. We're going to have a special guest. It'll be a lot of lot of fun times. Yeah,
1: I think you guys can probably guess who the special guest is, but we'll leave it a secret until we release it's the show. It's your mom, right? She loves Final Fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she actually modeled for Roxy when oh, did uh, she uh, when really they made the game?
0: Alicia modeled for Poison. Yeah. That'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, now I'm
1: shuddering with
0: horror. <laughs> or delight.
1: <laughs> if you guys still want to listen to the show, you can check us out on Twitter at PixelTunes Radio
0: <laughs> or Mike's YouTube page. YouTube.com forward slash dongled, where you can check out this and all the other episodes in a video capacity. And also, dude, you haven't played this game, Gaming Linguistics, New Prepare. Uh, You you name it everything Mike Tendo everything Mike Tendo you got it and then of course yeah even my underwear I think and uh, you you can also listen to Impulse Project which is Ed's side podcast yeah check us out at ImpulseProject.info
1: where Brian from Pixelated Audio and I talk about demo scene music from Commodore 64 Amiga Genesis Game Boy a lot of the systems we talk about here but. Composed by uh, amateurs, not necessarily for video games, but still rockin' rockin' stuff. Yes. All right.
0: So that's it. That's all I
1: got. All right. We will see you in two weeks, boys and girls. Two weeks. Thank you for listening. Peace. Bye.